This episode is sponsored by Aura. Every once in a while, a product comes along that changes everything. And that product is Aura. Aura is an easy-to-use app that includes everything families need to protect their identities, money, passwords, devices, and more. It's really easy to set up and has everything you need. So you don't have to download seven separate apps to get things like parental controls, antivirus, ID theft, and transaction monitoring, and more. You get everything at one affordable price. What makes Aura different, you say? It's simple to set up. It protects against today's and tomorrow's threats, and with parental controls to let your kids explore the internet safely, filter harmful sites, apps, and manage screen time easily. Online safety for today's digital safety. It's tech that grows with you and your family. Browse safely, surf smartly, Aura comes packed with all the tools you need to protect you and your family from the online threats you can't see. Our listeners will get a 14-day free trial of Aura for individuals, couples, or their family by going to Aura.com slash potential. That's Aura, spelled A-U-R-A, dot com slash potential. Once again, get your first 14-day free trial of Aura by going to Aura.com slash potential. Protect what's important. Proactive protection for your assets, identity, family, and tech across every device. And remember, know your potential. in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more. This is Potential Picks. Well, happy May the 4th be with you day, and welcome to another edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. I'm joined by my fellow Mandalorian and co-host, Taylor Sokol. And as always, for our Star Wars-themed episodes, Master Jedi Fitzsimons. That's right, Tim Fitzsimons, our Star Wars superfan, is back And we have an exciting episode to talk about because we finally got the third season of the hit Star Wars space western fantasy show, The Mandalorian. That's right, the one that uh, is still sweeping the nation. It's... uh, Really, the one that kind of relaunched the, the the whole kind of Star Wars. I mean, it was the first kind of big TV show, and everyone loves Mando and Little Grogu. Season two left us off with a huge kind of note. Uh, we're gonna definitely go into spoiler territory for season three, but I'm about to mention a few things that happened in season two. If you haven't watched season two, you wouldn't be here. So I'm gonna talk about it anyway. Obviously, season two left off with a huge note. Luke Skywalker. Wow, what a bang! That was great. And then we went into Boba Fett. Some stuff happened there, and now we're getting into season three. So we're excited to talk about it. Uh, definitely, this was an exciting season with some twists and turns. And uh, with the building blocks where they're going to be going with season four and beyond, uh, a lot to talk about. So this is your spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. Whoa. There it is. If you didn't listen to that, well, we can take you in hot or we can take you in cold, just like a hot pocket. So, <laughs> welcome, Tim. Good to see you. How you doing? Hello there. I'm Hello doing there. great, guys. How are you both? How are you both doing? Good. Good. We're we're in a nice little Star Wars pocket right now because we all have a Jedi Survivor. Although I still haven't started it yet. I'm so upset. It finally downloaded. Oh. I haven't had a chance to play it. So yes, I've gotten to play a little bit of it, and it's fantastic. And then also as uh, this celebration this year, I have already purchased the newest Lego X-Wing set that just launched for VIP nice. members yesterday uh, or earlier this week. So that that'll be that's a nice little present that'll be waiting Wait. for me hopefully when I get home. Well, let's because <laughs> I am that's on right. location here today, Tim's folks. In Las Vegas. He's in uh, he's in another territory since it he's since in Coruscant. City. Um, so, uh, or whatever that, that planet was in last <laughs> Jedi, we're not going to get to that. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. 
I will not Canto bite. bite. It me. Okay, Canto bite. Please respect. I will not respect, respect Canto bite Jedi. for that. All right. <laughs> well, uh, okay, getting into Mandalorian season three. Uh, I guess, you know, we'll start off as what we always do. You know, it had been Let's a little while. It. I mean, we had a Boba Fett, but that definitely utilized Mando and Grogu a little bit. But uh, Tim, what was your anticipation level for going into the third season of this hit show? Um, I was, I was, I mean, fairly high expectations, um, just from the quality of show that we've gotten from this specific property for the last two seasons, plus, you know, well, two and a half seasons, if you include the couple episodes in Boba Fett. Um, and then of course, with where they went with Andor, even raising the bar even higher for Disney or for the Disney star Wars TV shows. Um, just my expectations were, were decently high and, um, I was, and I was also excited for like what John Favreau and Dave Filoni had announced, which was that it's like, you want Mando, you want Mandalorian culture. We're going to give you Mandalorian culture. Uh, we're going to give you Mandalorian lore. And they did not disappoint. Um, there's so much like explanation and deep diving into the, mythos and the lore of mandalore that a lot of us fans um have been dying for ever since we first saw boba fett arrive in empire strikes back or or for some of us the holiday special um (laughs) (laughs) and seeing that seeing that 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 armor it just we wanted to know more about this culture and where did they come from what do you know why is this so important to them and i don't think they disappointed this season at all so, yeah there were some twists and turns that people may not have enjoyed or were like this isn't mandalorian but it's like it's grown more it's grown to be more than just in jarn and grogu it's grown it's there's more yeah. mandalorians there's more characters to reference and um and now and it all it's a lot of it is a world building which is what filoni and favreau have been so good at doing with these shows so i i was i Personally, I was had high anticipation for it, and for me, it did not disappoint. I was very satisfied with this season. Taylor? Well, and again, you know, Tim, you come from a unique position where you have seen, I think, all of Clone Wars, the animated series, and you've mm-hmm. Del- and Rebels. So coming in, like, I, I know of it, I'm aware of it, uh, still kind of a novice, like the cat. I would say I'm more than a casual Star Wars fan, but for the casual Star Wars fan who's just seen the movies mm-hmm. and whatnot, there is a bit of, you know, wanting of, you know, more and more. For me, yeah, I had high ante- anticipation as well, but, you know, I was very hmm. excited for a lot of the aspects, especially diving to Mandalore because I don't know about that. I, I like more of learning about this culture and, um you know, kind of exploring all that. And I want to see more of what they're going to take with, you know, Grogu's character. But yeah, I, I think the execution for me this season was was tough because there was a lot of things that I wanted that I didn't get it. And it, it once again felt like there's a bit of um, a rush to the finish line at the end where I want a steady pace. And I think it is okay to have certain things where there is this stop and go. But yeah, yeah. Um, it was kind of, you know, it was a different mixed feeling for me with this season. What about you, Chris? Mm-hmm. Well, I was very excited. I mean, I love this show. Season two was incredible. And the way it ended just opened up so many doors where it's like, oh, okay. You know, we know what the, you know, how how the sequel trilogy plays out. But there's all this time period that we don't really know about in terms of what they want to do with Star Wars. There's been an extended universe with books and stuff, but... This is, you know, what they want to take with, and especially with the Luke Skywalker angle in Boba Fett with training Grogu and him ultimately deciding, like, you either can do this or you can go to be a Mandalore. You can't do both. And obviously Grogu going with dad, doing Mandalorian stuff. There was a lot of the promise to see, like, okay, we're going to get more Mandalore culture. The trailers look great. Just even all the ice love whenever there's, like, 20 Mandalorians with jetpacks just flying down, and it's just visually stunning. And there was some stuff that I appreciated. But what is ultimately this whole show now? I think my beef with the season, but it's something you kind of have to accept, is the show started as a space western. It was a simple, this is a gunslinger. 
in mm-hmm. you know it's like taking star wars in the old west and now the show is ultimately going to be how do we tie these bunch of shows into how the first order comes about and how do we tie mm. this to the new trilogy in some ways i can respect in that there was a lot of questions about the first order and how they even came about and who snoke was and cloning and there's so many things and introducing a couple new bad guys in this you know series especially moff gideon it was like there's some things we can tie together I just wish there was some better choices along the way to do so. Cause I do feel yeah, mm-hmm. some of it's rushed. And there was one episode in particular that was very andor for me, we're gonna get to that I actually enjoyed, and then it kind of never came about again till like last mm-hmm. minute. But there could be a lot they do in season four. Uh and we're gonna find out. So I thought it was kind of funny that the first episode, we're not gonna go like beat by beat here for sure, but no. like Last season, the first episode had a giant Star Wars creature they had to fight. This season, <laughs> the first episode was a giant Star Wars creature they had to fight. Um, <laughs> again, it's like, okay, repeating formula here. Cool scene, cool action scene. You know, this whole, you know, this kid is trying to go through the traditions of, you know, becoming a, to start his Mandalorian training and this giant I don't know, my sea creatures. I mean, it was a cool fight scene. I and I love the idea of like Din Djarin comes in last minute to like save the day. And and, and I love that. It, it, it was one of the hands. Disney World crocodiles. One of the Disney World <laughs> crocodiles got loose. Dang, they're big now. <laughs> I mean, you know, they had to kind of launch off uh on a big note, and I thought that was mm-hmm. great. Um, it was a fun scene and Obviously, I, I I I liked I liked the weirdness of these pirates, uh, on yeah. this planet that uh, you know, Eve Cargas Grief Cargas now running, and the one that's like the leader looking like some, some like bad algae creature, like something you like you a seaweed ate. salad with a face. <laughs> I loved it though. I was like, <laughs> I was like, chopsticks. that's kind of what I look forward to in these like shows. Is like. Give me a weird, you know, it, it reminds me of like Saturday morning cartoons where like mm-hmm. you would have like Spider Man, you would have, but it, but it is the weirdness heroes. that Star Wars kind of started off. You think yeah. of New Hope, that you know, just the cantina alone, I'm like cantina. all these weird yeah. looking people. What is everyone's story? So I think, I think Star Wars needs to keep leaning on the weird because there is so many planets, so many creatures, they can keep coming up with stuff or building on mm-hmm. what's established. So I did, I did like that, and I do like. The idea of more space pirates, uh, stuff like that, and this yeah. you're right, this show definitely did have this season had a lot more space battles. I feel like than other ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I thought that yeah, and introducing that you know that Navarro isn't just a happy place that it's not like oh yeah we're succeeding we're thriving which I mean they are but you know there are it was an out it was this rundown outpost for deck for years. Um, that grief cargo was running and allowed the you know and the pirates were a big part of that economy and now he's trying to make it respectable but they're like no we're we're gonna go drink and he's like no it's a school you can't drink in there he's like no no we're we're, we're gonna go drink <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah but it's it's uh, but it also harkens back like I, I as you mentioned taylor i've seen you know like rebels and clone wars and everything and it kind of brings back um it all a lot of people i'm sure saw this particular these particular characters and were like does this mean we're going to get hondo onaka at some point in one of these shows Mm -hmm. because hondo um being like he was kind of he was a pirate himself through the clone war series and then a smuggler through rebels that you know has he's a pirate but he has a little bit of a moral compass and like moves and then like we'll kind of move with the direction of the heroes and help them out as necessary but he's he's always he's always looking for his own thing um and what will benefit him and so adding these space pirates in live action you know could potentially open up a return for hondo into the or a debut of hondo in the in the more live live action um especially since we especially uh those of our listeners who have been to um spaces at disneyland or disney world um know that Mm -hmm. hondo does exist through this time period because he is 
um, one of the characters on Smuggler's Run, which and during Gokstead is set in between uh, the two trilogies. So I think there's a definite opportunity there. And the Space Pirates are just fun, especially just, you know, hey, it's another adver- adversary that comes back later and causes some major issues um, and oh, provides yes. it a, an opportunity for all of those Mandalorians to come together, yeah, like exactly. Mandalorians to come together. Yeah. Yeah, so. I just love the design. I love the idea of it. And they, you know, with the tease in the first episode with our Mandalorian escaping, it was like, okay, they're they're definitely gonna be back sometime in the season. They're not just gonna tease that and then not have them back. I also mm-hmm. like the idea that um you know, obviously this whole season is uh Mando needs to go to find Mandalore and bathe in its waters to redeem himself because he took his mm-hmm. helmet off. Well, yeah, he took his helmet off. Come on, people. He has to make a connection with Grogu here. There was, there was, you know, live or die moments here. But um, I like the idea of him wanting to rebuild IG Eleven to help. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was kind of wonky in that it was kind of set up like he needs IG Eleven to go to Mandalore to help him, and then that kind of like was walked over. But then they kind of make up for it later. With building IG Eleven mm-hmm. as like this like mecha suit for yeah, Grogu like to Grogu's operate, Krang, which... Krang from uh, Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Which I mean, that did yes. it did lend yes. to uh, yes. some stop. It, stop. <laughs> it led to some great humor with the button, but also just yeah. fun to see him like take out some stormtroopers and other things. Um, and so that was that was a fun bit. But and yes, we do get to Mandalore, and I will say visually it just looks incredible i mean they they really put some great detail in to have this kind of desolate wasteland planet but then having these huge underground caverns and this you know this lost city and those creatures reminded me a lot if if you've ever seen the time machine oh yeah the morlocks uh, (laughs) the morlocks that's what it reminded me of um but i love that yeah there's all these like creatures and what i thought was kind of funny though was that he's you know goes down there and it's like okay well there's all this shit happening and and there's that one kind of mecha hybrid creature that takes him down yeah, for a minute. Co- Grievous's you know, cousin. <laughs> yeah, then Grogu has to go like go find. Uh, you know, we did have Bo Katan is definitely more involved. Series in regular season, Katie Sackoff, uh, um, kind of the star yeah. of this. And obviously, she's still bummed out because. Uh, she doesn't have the dark saber anymore. I do love that um, scene where he he flies to her and she's just like casually sitting on her throne. I'm like, how long have you been yeah, sitting she there? Was waiting. Just like, you know, there was a fun thing she on TikTok waiting. where someone like, oh, maybe she just ran there. Oh, hey, I've been waiting for you the yeah. whole time. It felt which, like when you like, which Katie, look good for an ex, you know, just like, oh, hey. yeah, which which Katie Sackhoff <laughs> said she was like, I saw that TikTok and I was like, that's exactly what I thought when <laughs> I was filming the scene. Like, like, without a doubt i was like she just ran in there so that was, yeah, that, yeah. was that was kind of a serendipitous moment but i i i do i did really enjoy her journey over the course of the season i mean starting from mm-hmm. the like hey i don't have you you had the dark saber you have the dark saber i don't nobody follows me anymore i'm gonna mope and the accept and kind of like the acceptance of going to eventually going to his aid on Mandalore when Grogu comes to get him and then diving in the living waters herself and uh, seeing that mythosaur and kind of realizing that maybe there's something to the, the, this, the Mandalore way that the, it's like the, burning the children of the watch for her. this covert. Yeah. It's kind of exactly. Like the, yeah. And they have this uneasy mm, and, friendship, which is great. And it kind of builds over mm-hmm. that. Yeah, and then and the fact that she's, you know, she sees the mythosaur and is like, oh, oh, this this could be something, and um, and then eventually like actually gets accepted into the covert because she hasn't taken her helmet off since they got out of the water, and so technically she is still walking their way, um, and and you know, and as as we move forward into that, and like they go on, and she joins them on that journey to try to save uh, Paz Vizsla's kid from the other creature on that planet um the, you know it's like like the little pieces the mandalorian lore and the way that they do things is one of the things i really enjoyed about this season such as like 
all right, we don't take off our helmets for each other. So how do we eat? Well, we get our food and then we go elsewhere. But because you're essentially the captain of our of our crew right now, you get the honor of being by the fire. And and it's, you know, it just adds back in. It's like, yes, Mandalorian has this very rich culture um, and in that they share in with their armor, with how they live their lives. But at the same time, it's a very, even in that group, it's a very lonely lifestyle because you you part in order to do the most basic things such as sleeps and eat and everything. So it's, it's an interesting balance that Bo mm-hmm. is now like, learning and understanding a little bit better now that she's walking this way with them, at least for the time being. And then of course, eventually um, gets tasked by the armorer to walk both paths. She can walk, she can unite both their, this covert and the rest of the Mandalorians that don't fall that off their helmets. Don't follow that way, but she can bring them all together as the try to retake Mandalore and retake their home world. You just maybe think that someone needs to make a supercut of just a bunch of Mandalorian shots to Aerosmith's walk this way. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yes, please. Um, um, but it has to, but it has to be Jack Black in cameo costume singing. There you go. Oh boy, yes. That'd be great. And he would totally do it. <laughs> but yes, we're getting a lot of yeah, we're getting a lot of Mandalorian culture. Um, you know, they're also starting to give Grogu some armor, which is really cute. Um, mm-hmm. I was really hoping it'd be like a headpiece, like maybe not even a Mandalorian helmet, but he's still very small. So they gave him a little chest piece thing, which was really cute. Um, mm-hmm. And as we get this whole kind of big sequence with these these uh, dino birds, these kind of raptors, um, you know, it's taken to the nest. Uh, one of the young Mandalorian children and again, it led to a great action sequence of like this huge, like, let's go off with our jetpacks and and mm. Din really showing like, you know, he he will go above and beyond with Bo-Katan to like save someone. And like not everyone would do that. And that does give a little more of that trust, especially for Bo-Katan to have with these people. But we did have in the last episode, this is what the episode that a lot of people either really liked or they really didn't like. I did like it purely because the last show we had was Andor and Andor showed us that there is, there's joy in watching some of the deceiving notions of these remaining members that are still kind of in honor of the empire. We had this mm-hmm. whole episode on Coruscant with Dr. Pershing and it, it was long. Yes. I mean, that episode I think was like about an hour or maybe 50 minutes. and like, 85% of it was just this long drawn out scenes with him. Mm-hmm. But I liked it. I liked the setup of like, oh, we need to go get this stuff from this, you know, broken down Star Destroyer. And like, like I love the, anything like this where it's like creepy remnants of the Empire because obviously it's leading to big things. Yeah. Not only with Moff Gideon and things that were teased in season two with like a cloning situation, but obviously with the way the plot goes for rise of Skywalker, it's like there had to have been those kind of uh, stepping stones towards that. And this was a kind of a great, like how do we kind of start setting that up? I I wonder if there had been ideas to do more. And this is where, this is where man, uh, the show period has some flaws Sometimes they're just stuck in a certain runtime for episodes. They'll do like a 50 minute episode and then they'll do a 30 minute episode. Yeah, it's very inconsistent for sure. And this is where I'm like, I'm like, give me eight hour episodes. Yeah. I understand that this is still a show somewhat for kids, but it's like, I I don't see why they always feel like the need to have like, oh, this will be a short episode. And I'm like, you could have given me an extra 25 minutes. Even even another scene. Even the pilot episode, the first episode of the season should be the longest. And same with the last episode should be the longest. Like the first episode was like around 35 minutes, maybe even less. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you, um, damn, Pershing got, got the short straw. A lot of King came in and was like, mine. (laughs) Yeah, it was deceiving too. I I, I kind of like that way the episode ended too, where it was like, like she kind of looked at the camera in a way, and it was like, 
Mm, like, oh, she's still with the yeah. vampire. He's losing his um, mind, and I'm reaping all the benefits. Yes, of course, of course. That's right. That's right. Um, um, a big little uh, kind of Easter egg for all of us. Uh, at the end of season four, you know, we've always had Grogu's existence has always been one of like. Obviously, for a long time, people were like, well, it's not Yoda, but it's obviously one of Yoda's species. So, of course, the name Baby Yoda came out for so long. But when we finally, you know, his name is Groku, and he was at the Jedi Temple on the day of Order 66. Who saved him? Oh. Who got him out? And this was a great little, not always a great just action scene, because, hello, whenever there's a Jedi with lightsabers, fun, fun. But who love played it. the Jedi? Um was a great little like redemption moment. Now I think all three of us mm-hmm. fall in the camp of we don't mind Jar Jar Binks. We're not anti our Jar Jar Binks, but a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. So to have uh, Ahmed back to get this kind of redemption moment was pretty great. I thought, and it was a, it was yeah. a great action scene. It just looked good. I I, I completely agree. I think I, it was really cool. Role, um, to have him come back, especially especially um, because he's reprising his role on that um, kind of that Jedi training series that kids mm-hmm. Disney put out, where he, you know, Jedi, it was like Jedi Temple or something like that. So he, and he was hosting it as that Jedi Master, so to have to just kind of extend that into the Mandoverse, um, and have him. Uh, uh, yeah, I completely agree. It was it was a great choice to bring someone back and it's something that disney well that star wars specifically has done for years i mean it started with sam witwer who was originally mm-hmm. cast for force to, to be the likeness of star killer and voice on and force unleashed um but because of his love for star wars because of how into the lore he is and how dedicated he is to the source material uh and the rest of lucasfilm like have continuously brought him back to be vo- like to do voices in Clone Wars. Very famously, he's brought and is the voice of Maul um, through the from Clone Wars on. So it's something that Lucasfilm and Disney has done very well in making sure that they're take that these people are taken care of. It doesn't happen for all of them. Like we haven't seen Jake Lloyd pop back up anywhere, but I mean we saw it with bringing Hayden back to be mm-hmm. not just Darth Vader, but to be in moments, Anakin Skywalker um, and giving, and it's like, yeah, we can say all we want about how, you know, oh, the the pre- prequels are just, you know, they pale in comparison to the original trilogy, but as we talked about in our whole episode, the three of us, we are the, demo- we were the demographic trilogy. We were the kids that they were making episodes one, two, and three, four, so we will always think of those with fond memories and so when they bring actors from those movies back like um hayden and ahmed it's something it brings us a little bit of joy and especially when you think about the journey that ahmed has gone on since he, jar since he became jar jar binks and the vitriol of the fan base toward him and to see him doing and to be so grateful to still be part of this universe even after all the hardship is was just heartwarming to see and provided a great character to who to save Grogu after two seasons of wondering how how did he make it out yeah it was just great and it was happy to see him back um and I know he was very pleased to do it so uh good on you John and Dave for doing such a thing yep now we did have uh we talked about them pirates the pirates do come back uh I love this episode it was a great big just space action journey um with them trying to you know take down navarro and uh just let some great action i mean i i love their ship and this is where i think a lot of the budget goes into these space battles we had some great stuff in there uh ultimately the pirates are defeated uh i feel like the grass monster leader didn't really get to do much but i still love the visual of it it just was a fun it was like Jabba yeah. the Hutt if he was a salad. Yeah. Um in a way. <laughs> but uh yes, as you mentioned, uh you know, the armor has deemed that uh Bogotan is the one that can walk both paths. And this is gonna lead in episode six. But before we do, we get this small tease. You know, this whole season we've been like, okay, we had some Empire action, there's been some TIE fighters, been stuff. Where is Moff Gideon? We know Moff Gideon. 
is going to show up at some point, and we get this nice little tease of this abandoned ship that's just floating in space, uh, this prison transport, and he's not in it. <laughs> he's not there. Um, and there's a little clue of this Mandalorian weapon that has damaged part of the ship. So, of course, the idea of was it a Mandalorian that helped Moff Gideon escape? And this is where a lot of people started to, it hasn't been confirmed yet, but it definitely makes sense um, as a possible theory that the armor is actually a spy. Uh, purely because of, once we do get to Moff Gideon, the armor that he has looks very similar to hers. Um, and a few plot points that come up, but uh that was that was kind of interesting. I just love the creepiness of how they shot that scene. Mm -hmm. Um, I always love when there's a little creepiness in mm -hmm. Star Wars. I want more of it. Pure. I, I would just love a horror show that is Star Wars. Um, there's definitely been horrific moments, and uh, especially with Mando. I mean, he's got to fight some. Still thinking of that ice spider uh, episode was pretty yeah, creepy. But now that Bo Katan is the one deemed to lead, you know, both these groups and try to unite them. Uh, this is the episode where it was like, all right, let's go off and try to find them. And this is where, yes, we get uh, we get three big names in an episode. This is where Star Wars loves to. I'm sure they reached out to a bunch of people and it was like, you want to be in a Star Wars episode? Sure. Um, we get Jack Black, Lizzo and Christopher Lloyd. Never thought we'd have those three on screen together. <laughs> the amount of people that I saw put TikToks that was like. He was in a DeLorean and he's the man in the DeLorean. It was like so funny. Yeah. Man DeLorean. But uh yeah, we get this whole episode where um these these uh old droids that uh from the prequels are they're going off the rafters. It's just it's I kinda like it, it kind of reminded me of like almost like an Epcot kind of planet. Like it was mm -hmm. this planet that's like in harmony and all these droids are used for a course, but some have been going haywire and causing damage and I like the I my favorite line of the episode was when Christopher Lloyd started bringing up Count Dooku and I was like oh I want more of that I want more of these like yeah still loyal and it just wasn't enough I liked the tease of it but I wanted more of it. yeah but yeah Jack Black and Lizzo I mean Lizzo was okay but Jack Black just looks so goofy and I, I just kind of it was fine it just felt like a, a filler episode and I that's where I was like this is where I started to be like earlier. I wish we had more ties to these, these elements that tie the prequels to the originals to, you know, like where we we're building blocks. I just wanted more of that, mm -hmm. but it's, it was a fun little tease to be that he's still a, a Dooku fan. And this is why he had been uh, messing with these chips. The end section of this episode was, you know, Bo-Katan had to, she showed up, and yes, we have this this branch of Mandalorians who don't wear their helmets, and instantly there's a bit of a, you know, what the heck are you doing here? And Bo-Katan do what Bo-Katan does best. Best their leader in a great, this was a great little action sequence. I mean, I just love whenever a jetpack goes off and it's used to knee someone in the face. But uh, she definitely gets the best of this leader. But there's still this whole idea of the Darksaber, and it's, you know, you win the dark sider through combat and it's like, we're not going to follow you. You don't have the dark saber. And then Din's like, well, technically speaking. And then it, it's this whole, like this happened because of this happened, this happened, because this happened. So technically I, I was down in the waters and she saved me. So therefore here, take the dark saber. I feel like mm -hmm. that whole sequence should have been what the episode was about, but we had this filler yeah. to then get to the end. So I was like, oh, that was a great three minute up, you know, sequence to be like, here, you have the dark saber now. I was like, yeah, that's been the whole point of Bo-Katan's journey. So like that should have been the moment. But for some reason, they wanted to divert with this whole goofy episode. That was a beat for me. But mm -hmm. yeah, she has the dark saber now and she's the true leader of the Mandalorians. And in yeah. a way, for me, before we get to these last two episodes that are the bread and butter the whole great part mm -hmm. of this season it did start to feel like because Bo had such a big plot in this season and with other elements in a way to me it felt like din is no longer the star of his own show 
he took a little bit of a backseat until the last two episodes. Here's my thought would have made the season a little bit better was in this. And Tim, you might appreciate this for someone like you who who's seen a lot of the, the cartoons and all the expanded shows. But for everyone else who hasn't seen that, and now that you have not only an animated mm-hmm. Bo-Katan, but a live action, and we've kind of teased in Din Djarin's journey, I think would have been really good as if we had both flashbacks of Din growing up in the Mandalorian way, and as well as Bo. I would love mm-hmm. to, especially it would have made her conflict with Gideon that much more palpable because we don't really see that. Mm-hmm. We kind of like, oh, he has a dark saber previous season. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's done. Now he's not there till the end. Dun, dun, dun. But I think I would have liked to see flashbacks to a younger bow or like her trying to find her way back. And it would have been really good, like to kind of see that kind of, you know, where Din's hadn't really fallen from grace. He's kind of, he's our, this is his, he's already come back. So I think that would have been good. And it would have maybe add a little bit more, you know, mm-hmm. that's just my thought. I mean, there's, there's only, it's, it'd be interesting because one of the things about like how Din grew up in the Mandalorian way is, is you know, like his planet and his town and his parents were all, they were killed by battle droids during the Clone Wars and he was saved by the Children of the Watch. Um, it, I agree. It would have been interesting to, to kind of see um, Bo kind of growing up and trying to find the way. But I mean, but as you mentioned, I have seen a lot like all of clone, like Clone Wars and everything. And they do go a bit into that because during that yeah. Clone Wars show, she's already an established like warrior of Mandalore and it's her sister Satine who has take, who is, you know, the Duchess, she is the leader of Mandalore. Um, and so, yeah, but I do agree. It would be, it would be very interesting because you get the, the dichotomy uh, during clone wars of the, the sister, the politician and the sister, the warrior. And after the politician spoilers for everyone who has not seen clone wars goes away and gets killed then it's like now Bo is kind of left with the pieces of needing to finding a way to rule mandalore and that sends her on her journey through rebels and then into into now but having a dichotomy of her way versus like her path versus her sister's path and how that set her down to where we find her now i agree that would have been a very interesting interesting to see those flashbacks but probably a little bit more complicated um for this season that may be something they're mm-hmm. planning for next season because like you like you both have said it's the mandalorian may not just refer to din Djarin anymore it, it kind of refers to all of them because mm-hmm. it's it's a mandalorian culture everyone has uh, a different everyone has a, there's there is the way but there's, there's everyone's just, different path his name season four the mandalorians yeah. <laughs> they just add an s at the end um but yeah we do get to Episode seven and eight, which um, I read, were definitely kind of filmed to be like one long episode. They just had to find a place to kind of cut them to make two episodes. But mm-hmm. I love the beginning of, of episode seven. I loved this idea of the Shadow Council, uh, Moff Gideon's return, uh, teasing mm-hmm. Grand Admiral Thrawn. Like, where is Thrawn? We don't know where he is. And it's like, well, maybe we need to look to new leadership. And Moff Gideon kind of taking this idea of like, I'm the dude to let me do it. Um, we get a little, there was some great little things in this scene. Um, like we get Hux's father, which was fun. And, um, who was played by, uh, Donald's brother, which is kind of fun, mm-hmm. uh, played him, um, and sounded just like him. I was kind of like, was kind of, I was like, they had like the same voice, but, um, <laughs> that was just a great scene. Yeah. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's the stuff I love. I love the, mm-hmm. the, the, the bad yeah. guys scheming and i wanted more and i felt like that scene when they tease like well we don't know where thrawn is and we're waiting i was hoping we'd get a little cameo to set up going into ahsoka but we know Mm -hmm. that we are getting lars back which is uh, fantastic and we only have a few more months to wait um august is when ahsoka comes out so my birthday month yay we'll be seeing him soon but um yeah they uh realize that oh they're gonna try to take back mandalore and it's like <laughs> not on my watch these last two episodes were fantastic they were the best episodes of the season and this is where the budget was like on crazy fire i mean at one point what i i was laughing to myself while watching it because i was like what the hell and i was like they never explain it 
I was like, what on earth was that giant like dinosaur creature that like emerged from the earth? And it looked like one of those dinosaurs that has like the spike ball tail. I was like, what the mm-hmm. hell is that thing? They never explain it. It just happened. But I love this. Uh... <laughs> yeah, the, like Mandalore was a once thriving planet. I was like, with that thing there? How? Um, I love the idea. Well, that is the... good. They, they 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 kind of hint at it in that. I mean, do you guys um, not know the indigenous in the development of Mandalore and like the dome cities? Like they talk about when like Bo is like, there, there's there's wildlife, there's 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 fauna, there's there's plants growing. How did how did this happen? I mean, I thought that the surface of Mandalore this would only only possible in the dome cities and in the dome gardens, um, because for years they had been developing Mandalore, developing Mandalore to a point where. It was so hostile outside the walls that nobody went out there. And and they kind of go into the bombs that the Empire used to raise the planet and in an attempt to destroy Mandalore and any hope for and any hope of bringing it back um, was that it awoke ancient wildlife, which is kind of their which is kind of the explanation as to why the Mythosaur is there um having not been seen in millennia um so i i I would i would think that that particular creature is probably kind of like that kind kind of like how uh, godzilla and king kong show up you know yeah (laughs) it was was great it was great i was just like it was so big i love these surviving mandalore members who have this kind of pirate ship skiff thing that like floats across the surface and it was just a great setup for <clears throat> it was a great setup for going in, down into you know for safety because it's a great creature you know and... it's great and these and these tie fighters are coming in it was like going down the great forge and yes Gideon shows up with all these stormtroopers and they all have now enhanced Beskar armor and uh, Moff Gideon looking bigger and scarier than ever uh, almost you know he's always kind of had Song's the, mustache. Sans mustache, yes. He uh he's always kind of had like mini Vader looking armor, but now he looks uh very Vader like. But the mm. helmet is very reminiscent of the armor. There's like the little pokey things at the top, and uh but he looks mm. very menacing. And uh this was a great action sequence for both seven and eight of you know, we have a door that shuts at one point, and you know, all this chaos, and yes, Grogo has IG twelve. Uh What's his face? Uh, Paz Vizla sacrificing himself basically and taking out so many guys. Though I mean that that yeah that, that gun he has just does very well. And again, having these teases to what is to you know tying all these kind of trilogies together, mm-hmm. the Praetorian Guards coming in was, I was like, hey, that's pretty sweet. Uh. Man, they just mm-hmm. take him down. But I was like, dang, I was like, Moff Gideon is coming hard. He's he's doing the thing. He's being quite the bad game. And uh, yeah, what I've always appreciated about this show is they do make it like Din. It's not just an automatic like he knows how to save the day. Like he's not just always like God mode. It's not like John Wick in a way. He takes some hits he takes quite a beating he's you know trapped at one point there's all these great moments of peril so that when he does kind of get the upper hand again it's like you know we really feel it as an audience when he you know gets to that point of like oh yes and with Bo-Katan coming in and having this kind of final confrontation with Moff Gideon so we think maybe was that a clone? We don't know. Mm-hmm. Stash, stash, not stash. Maybe he just shaved. That's what we, we we've been saying this whole time. Is maybe he was like, I look more menacing without the mustache. Um, but that was mm. such a great. I love the idea of the one dude in the the ship just being like, I'm just gonna sink this straight into the forge to save the day. Um, and he, you know breaks out before yeah. it. and and just seeing this like image of Moff Gideon like embezzled by like fire and just like smoke and like we believe he's mm-hmm. gone we don't 
No, for sure. I mean, it's it's definitely possible. Mm-hmm. Gene Carl is just so great in that role. But what I was saying is this show is now turning into yeah. teasing what is to come in terms of Thrawn and maybe other similar, you know, threats. Uh, you know, we've always had that character who, you know, uh, Tiva, whatever, who does the X-Wing, you know, he's like kind of like one of the cops in a way of, of space. Mm-hmm. This kind of understanding now between him and Dennis. A like, ranger of the yeah, New Republic? He's like, uh, you know, I can go find some uh, remnants of the Empire if you want for a price. And so I think the season four is definitely going to play into that. Um, but we have this sweet little moment, you know, mm-hmm. Grief Karga yeah. has given him a little, you know, house to live in on Navarro. And just a sweet moment at the end of like dad and son finally at rest after all this stuff going on. But we know it's going to be a lot coming up. And with Dave Filoni being announced to direct this kind of mm-hmm. big movie that's going to be tying in all the stuff from Mandalorian, Boba Fett, Ahsoka. It's exciting to be like, okay, we're going to have Thrawn. We're going to have, you know, I think it'll be season four. It'll be Ahsoka. And then having this huge movie to kind of really give Thrawn his time, I think is going to be exciting for fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially, I know you, Tim, having watched, you know, Rebels and stuff. So it was a exciting little ending i did i just thought we might Mm -hmm. get a little i just wanted one of those projection screen moments of being like yeah you know moff gideon's been destroyed of course he has now it's my turn Mm -hmm. you know something like that but we didn't get that but that's fine Uh, marvel yeah yeah (laughs) but uh for sure and i feel season four will be the last season of the man yeah we didn't have any we didn't have any proper end credits i, I think we've possibly, been uh, spoiled because yeah. of Marvel. it depends on when this movie I, is I, I, come out. we're always like I fast forwarding like, the, i don't want to see the question i'll go to the behind the scenes i i would think so too and it's something that has been going you know the last few years um well, obviously we we've all noticed this how they're rather than having a show that just kind of keeps going and going and going and mm-hmm. season after season because about like to try to rein in on his popularity you have these shows that are like nope you know, we're, we got three seasons worth of story and that's what we're going to stick with. I mean, that's kind of the big question with a show like Ted Lasso right now. Everybody is like loves Ted Lasso and they've always said we have three seasons of story. Um, but they're, you know, every talk show that I see them on is like, oh, is it really the last season? And they're like, we can't really say. So I think it um, is. it'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, at, I least, at least it'll um, be. I think it's the last season for Jason. Um, but uh, yeah. which a lot of the plots but, uh, teasing that, but yeah, exactly. We we're not having these um, shows that go on and on and on. They need to have a a cap, um, which is good. Yeah, but I, but I'm in, I'm interested to see kind of how where the Mandalorian culture goes now that the dark has been destroyed. Um, like, do they yeah. att- do they make an attempt to? reforge it to build like does Bo like kind of task the armor or can you rebuild it can um or is it something that it's been destroyed we as a culture can now move on from this story from this legend dictating kind of breaking, how we choose our leaders old, breaking the old ways like starting a new legacy mm-hmm. so it's maybe more symbolic um or maybe yeah, Grogu and, will, and will rebuild it for Grogu who knows yeah, and and moving forward into Mandalorian culture, where both the covert of the of the Watch and the rest of the Mandalorians um, around the galaxy who don't you know follow as strict adherence to the way, now that the dark saber is gone, maybe it's it's like we're gonna start we're gonna start over effectively. We're gonna keep our history, obviously, <clears throat> but we're gonna start over anew now that we finally have Mandalore back. Yeah. So now we have to wait. Um, I'm assuming it's the hardest part. We either get lucky and we'll have it tail end of next year, or we'll have to wait till 2025. Uh, We'll see. But it might be. I would imagine season four will be possibly the last thing they have to go into that final movie, uh, or that movie that Mm -hmm. Dave Filoni is going to direct, which is very exciting. So, so you know, overall, I would say the the season 
you know, I look at these three seasons and what the show has meant. And I think, I think for me, the budget was there. There was some great visual effects. The fight scenes were awesome. There was some great story, but not everything worked for me. Uh, mm. I thought there was definitely some filler stuff going on. And this has kind of been Star Wars period. Um, felt the same with Obi-Wan. I felt heavily with Boba Fett. Um, and I, it, so it's one of those things where it's like, I enjoyed it, but I didn't enjoy it as much as I wanted to. And I don't know why I didn't mm-hmm. enjoy it as much as I wanted to. Like, sometimes it's like, what is the Star Wars I'm wanting to see? And, you know, it's it's quite there, but it's not 100% there. But they're still just fun to watch. Yeah. I love these. I love this world. I love just being in it. And I'm excited to see where they go. So for me, yeah. season three overall, it, you know, it's, it's, it's still hard. It's like on a certain episode, like I'd be like, dang, that's like a nine out of 10. Uh, but as we don't rate episodes, we rate the season overall. I think the season's going to fall. Mm-hmm. It's like a 7.5 to eight out of 10 for me for season. Yeah. Three. I'm going to say the same for me. Um, I, I agree. Um, eventually it's like the landing, but Compared to previous seasons, I uh, want a little bit more, so I'm gonna go seven point five with me. Uh, I, I I'm I'm gonna go with eight point five. Um, I I totally understand where you both are coming from, where a lot of the fans are coming from, because yeah, I mean there were some definitely filler moments, um, and and with the with those with the cameos in that episode, it's like yeah, does it, does it add or does it detract from mm. Star Wars as a whole? Um, <clears throat> and but I enjoyed the heck out of this season um i and i mean i'm a fanboy i will always be a fanboy and so there's always that part of me that it doesn't matter how good or bad it is in my mind star wars is star wars and i will always love it um but yeah for me i had a great time i had a great time with the season i liked the twist and i did like the twist and turns um and but especially I especially loved it because of the expansion on man Mandalorian culture and learning more about that group of that group of people that, you know, have were destroyed by the empire because of the threat they posed due to their warrior ways. And I'm, and I, I want more, I want more, I want more. (laughs) Well, I think we'll be getting more. So, well, as always, Tim, we thank you for being on our review today for Star Wars. Um, definitely all three of us will be back uh, in a few weeks to talk about Jedi Survivor once we've uh, played it enough to review. Well, of course, you can go back to now watch The Mandalorian, all three seasons that are playing on Disney+. And that was this edition of Potential Picks. May the fourth be with you, and may the force be with you. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.